Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Rico. Our hope is that today's message adds life and power to your journey as you grow. Thanks for joining us. I just want to say to all the women here, and when I talk about the women here, I want to also include everyone here because in the Bible, it talks about women as property, as those that are not worthy of a mention. That's why there's only two books in the Bible in the Old Testament that is named after women. And then are there in the New Testament? None. None. And so for the women that are here and anyone who has been oppressed, marginalized, suppressed, this message is for us today. I came upon a picture of my mom, and I wish I brought my little slide that my dad would put in his projector. I know I'm aging myself right here, but last night I spent two hours just going through slides, and I caught her picture, and she was this woman that was just useful with her hands. She came here, didn't know any English, would spend spend many weeks, days, mornings at 4 o'clock in the morning, would get out there, go into these big trash bins, get some carpet so that she can carpet our apartment we couldn't afford and would take us with her to jump into these big gallons of trash cans so we can collect aluminum cans. The way was hard for her. The way is hard for you. There is a privileged population, and anybody that has more than somebody is privileged. So I'm not just talking about a certain population. I'm privileged too because I get to stand here in front of you. But today, my title of my uh, sermon is God can. God can. Yes, he can. He has. He will. He always will. He can. But the tagline is, what do you need to make room for? So this morning, I want to ask you, my brothers and sisters, what is it? that you have to have the audacity to give up? What is it that you have to have the audacity to step into spaces that you do not belong? Today, my title is The Audacity to Come Back. The Audacity to Come Back. The Audacity is a willingness to take a risk. Anybody here risk takers? Thank you, thank you, thank you. In every marriage, there's a risk taker and there's the one that takes it easy, right? Guess, one, guess which one is which? You know, you know, you know, right? Guess which one? But we are risk, the audacity is to take a fearless, boldness stance or put yourself in spaces that you may not belong or somebody is making sure that you don't come to the table. But today... I am asking you to have the audacity to get back up, to come back up, to come back in and sit at the table that has been prepared for you today. Been there, been there, been to those spaces where you're not allowed? Let me tell you, 2022, there is still those spaces when we're not allowed. Women, (laughs) yeah, God bless you. And God bless anybody here that needs a space at the table, and today this message is for you. Today, sometimes, I think in this story, the the characters in this story are in spaces that they wish they weren't. Been there? Ever been in spaces where you're wishing for something more? 
ever been in spaces, even if maybe you're not married and you want to be married? Maybe you're in spaces where you are married and you're still hungry for love. Ooh, ouch. Maybe you're in spaces where your health is limited. Maybe you're in spaces where somebody says your pocket change isn't worth a dime. Today, the story of Ruth and Naomi speaks to you and it speaks to me. Our text for today comes from Ruth's, Ruth 1. And I'm going to read to you um, verses 16 to 22. And it says, but Ruth replied, I'm just going to concentrate on these passages, but you know the story. But there's like a reason why everybody knows this passage, right? Ruth replies after Naomi tells her and her sister, Oprah, go back, go back. Orpah goes back and Ruth stays. Naomi tells Ruth again, go back. And Naomi, this is her statement. This is her conviction. This is her declaration. This is her proclamation. And it goes, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Then it goes, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. What did this young girl see in this mama that told her, I'm going to declare it. I'm not going to go back to my familiar place. I'm not going to go back to my gods. I'm not going to go back to the way I worship. I'm not even going to go back to my people. But something about this woman told Ruth, says, she's, she's it. She's the one. I'm going to follow her. Where she places her feet, I'm going to move with her. Where she prays, I'm going to pray with her. Her God will be my God. Where she dies, I'm going to rest my head. And then Ruth says in 18, when Naomi realizes that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Boom! This is a whole sermon in itself. An older, wiser person that's in the church and a young foreigner from another country not even knowing yet what's going on. She goes, boom! She starts telling Naomi, no, 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 and Naomi shuts up. Man, that's, that, that's the power of declaration. You know, when we look at the, the, the book and the story of Ruth and Naomi, it's an interesting story because it comes right in the, after Judges and 1 Samuel. It was during the time of the Judges when people were moving away from God. They're relentless in their disobedience. And then it says a famine came onto the land and this man Elimelech moved his, moved his family from Bethlehem to Moab. Now we got to understand Moab and Bethlehem and the relationship between Israel and Moab. You see, the literal meaning of Bethlehem is the house of bread. And Moab has been the enemy of Israel. And how are you going to take your family from the house of bread to your enemy line? Tell me, tell me. 
but it happens all the time. I have been there. I have been where God is good, and I said, I have had enough of this. I'm going to go over there where the grass looks greener. And every time I have gone over there, there's always God bringing me right back. The audacity of a comeback. Point number one, God can make room if you take bold risk. But first of all, you have to leave a situation that is not providing life. Ooh, somebody say, ouch, because you're in that situation right now. Leave a situation that is not providing life right now. What Naomi did was like, it is time to make a change. I am doing it. I am up here. Moab has no sustenance for me. I am out of here. And Ruth comes along. You see in verse 6, when Naomi heard that Moab, that the Lord had come to their aid, she heard in the city that she didn't belong, that the city where she came from, that God is providing over there. She's like, I'm up out of here. You know, sometimes in our lives, it is so hard to get up from where you are comfortable. Been there? Sometimes you're in a funk. You are in a dysfunction, and yet your dysfunction is the normal. Sometimes your marriage is like, you know you need some counseling, and yet you're still like living in the same house, but not living in the same house. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Somebody, you're, you're in a dysfunction because you know there's a lot of depression or sadness or fear that's going on. And yet it's easier to stay there to, than to up yourself and get to the land of bread. Depression is real. It's real. And I want to say to all of you that are here, counseling, therapy, it used to be a stigma in our church or any church that Oh, you got a problem? Let's pray about it. You got something going on in your marriage? Kiss, make up, you're good. Can I tell you something? When it is time and you've had enough is enough, and you know there is no more sustenance in whatever relationship or financial situation or whatever it is, get yourself up. I'm never afraid to talk about our personal life because someone needs to learn about stuff. I was a pastor's kid. And for many years, I grew up in the church. And by the age of like 10 to 14, I was hurt and abused by church member. And by the time I was 18, I was like, I am out of here. There is no more house of any kind of, mm -mm, you know what, for me. I am out of here. Until I I went out into the world and experienced everything, anything that I thought that'll satisfy. Nothing in Moab satisfies. Nothing. Nothing. No relationship. Nothing. Nothing satisfies. So Naomi decides to get up out of Moab and get out of there. And she takes Ruth with her. And here's number two. Because you know that Ruth said, Orpah, Ruth, Naomi says, Orpah, Ruth, go on, go back, go back. And only one of them went back. Point number two is like, in order for you to have the audacity of a comeback, there's some things you need to release in your life. Whoo. Okay. There's something that you need to release in your life, or there's people you need to release in your life. (laughs) 
Because I'm not saying that Orpah needed to be released from Naomi's life. But if someone's not willing to come along and gets in the way of your progress and your progression and your purpose, you need to leave that behind. Sense of letting people go, Naomi was kind enough to offer her daughters the law, an option for them to stay. It's not as easy for some of us sometimes to release people in our lives. Naomi released her daughters, but Ruth, she released her familiarity. You see, sometimes we need to release people and other times we need to release situations. Why do we have so much trouble learning to let go of someone we love? There's an attachment there. And even bad seems good when there's a familiarity. I want, I want you to marinate on that. Even bad seems good when there's a familiarity. And things are permissible, but they're not good for you. There's some things that are permissible, but they're not good for you. Why do we have so much trouble letting go of things? Because there's a certainty that we want to grab onto. We love certainty. And when we release things, people, there's an uncertainty that comes with releasing. But I want to tell you today that the God of Israel, the God of the Hebrews, the God of you, the God of me is able to help you release those things because after you release those things or how you can release those things, get this part when Naomi says, uh, when Ruth says in verse 18, when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. That was key for me. I used to always skip over that for some reason. I got the, you go, I go. You die, I die. You here, I'm there. Your God, my God. Where you lay, I lay. Where you sleep, I sleep. What you eat, I eat. I got that part. (laughs) And then I got to verse 18, and it says, when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she, this is the power of proclaiming that in, in, in the verse that is before that, Ruth was saying that where you go, I go, that your God is my God. And then she does a declaration in verse 17 and says, may the Lord, not even your Lord, it's not, may your Lord, she's like, may the Lord deal with me should I do anything that is not according to the Lord saying. It changes. There's something, there's a light bulb that goes on in Ruth that becomes, it's your God, your place, your people where you die. And then something happens and she goes, the Lord, it became hers. Proclaim that God is yours. Proclaim that God is yours. And point number three is we need to speak truth to power. We need to speak truth to power. Ruth represented the marginalized. She was from a foreign country. She didn't belong in Bethlehem. She wasn't supposed to go back. There was nothing there for her but just sticking with her mother-in-law because we know in those days, women are property. And so when she goes back, if somebody wanted to be her kinsman redeemer, if somebody wanted to take her 
and care for her and care for her children. She may have a life. Naomi told her to go back. And, she, and yet she spoke truth to power. That's a powerful message for all of us. You know, some of us, we think the church is power. This is, this is going to get real. Yeah? Because sometimes our leaders, including myself, so I'm not, I'm not disconnecting myself, but I want people to know that it is the Lord. It is the God. It is the Father. It's not mine. It's not mine, and it's not yours. So when you see places and situations that happen in our good church, in our good church, those of you that are, have expressed and have, have proclaimed that the Lord is your Lord, girl, come on. You better get on up and step into those places and speak power. Speak truth to power. I am um, one of the first Samoan uh, female pastors. And it has been a very interesting ride. I'm not going to knock my brothers. But in our culture, it's very patriarchal, hierarchical. And so in our churches, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying. (laughs) Not just saying. Just saying, we have a culture that is very respectful of the pastors. And we put our pastors in our village. There's a chief system that happens. And the chief gets to say what happens in the, in the, the village. But there's one person above the chiefs. It's the pastor. And if the pastor says something, the pastor has the last word. And it is because the missionaries came uh, to our, uh, our little country and colonized it and brought the good news. And they thought the westernized, colonized way was the right way. So they put those people above our system. And to this day, wherever the pastors go, they have the last word. I want to caution all the pastors. And I want to caution myself. We don't have the last word. We don't have the last word. God's got the last word. God's got the last word. And if there's some of you out there that hear something that I said or your pastor says that, then you better make your way up. Find some time on the side and you tell it from the scripture because the scripture says, right? And we only have to look at the life of Jesus to know that there was no hierarchy in his economy. We only have to look at the, ooh, um, Paula, she talked about Mary and Martha. In those days, you don't, you don't patronize or, or fraternize with females then. But Jesus had friends, female friends. Yeah, and they came and they sat on his feet and they talked to him. And then my pastor sister, um, Sandra, that was here last, Jesus sent his first disciple, which was a female, out. That's indicative of no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. And the hierarchy is the, the more higher you go up, the lower you go to serve. 
church. The more you get a title in this church, it doesn't mean you sit on the chair and not do anything. The more you get a title, the lower you serve. The more hours you spend over here, the more energy you put in because that energy comes from God. That energy comes from God. Naomi was willing to have this young person speak power, speak truth to her, and it shut her mouth. I'm telling you something. When we speak truth to power, I'm not talking about being arrogant. I'm not talking about trying to put somebody else down when you do that. But in the name of Jesus, in humility and in love, you can speak to a space that changes everything about that space. Everything. Number four, not only do you speak truth to power, but you also, um, the audacity to come back for Naomi was, she was vulnerable with her bitterness. Ooh, she was vulnerable with her feelings. Ooh, I like this because, you know, it's like um, in the Bible, it talks about, if you just read Psalms, right, or Lamentations, or the Songs of Solomon that deals with human humanity and their emotions, and somehow we grew up in cultures or spaces, when we start expressing ourselves, when little boys start crying, stop crying. Yo, you're a man. Be a man, you know? Or when, when little girls cry, it's like, oh, let's take you to the room and let's comfort you. <laughs> Many times we suppress our emotions. But as Jesus hung on the cross, what happened? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who? that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Naomi was willing to express her feeling to God. When things didn't go well, she told God. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But she was able to express herself. There is no problem so messy or too unimportant that God is not able to hear your frustration. And those of you that are in leadership... Sometimes you don't need to express your feelings to those people next to you. Take it to the therapist or take it to God. Because when you're shouting at God and cussing at God, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that happens. That happens. He'll correct you and he'll, you'll know, hey, I got to take it this way. But God is so big that he can handle all our all our emotions and all our upsets and all those things that we don't think are important to us. No problem is too small for God. Oftentimes people will talk about how great God is and yet not great enough to take your things to him. I want to encourage you today that as Naomi renamed herself, I'm going to call myself Mara, which means bitter. Because I left the house of bread with a husband and two sons, and I'm returning no husband, no sons, and a foreigner who I need to take care of. There are situations in our lives that have been so, especially during the pandemic. Um, I can't count with my hands and feet how many funerals I've been to over the last two years. I can't count how many people I've seen cried and crushed 
by the bitterness of life. I can't tell you how many calls I've had to pray over. You guys know, you know. And yet Naomi found it safe to show her bitterness and her anger to God. Let it go. As the last sermon said, let it go and then come back. Make your comeback. Five, five is my last point for today. And not only does um, Naomi realize that she can express her bitterness to God, she also found an ally. Naomi found an ally in Ruth that helped her persevere. The audacity of a comeback requires that you walk this journey with somebody else. The audacity of a comeback means that you have to be vulnerable and honest in the right spaces. There is a need for community that will hold you accountable. And I don't know if it's Pastor Seth that preached the sermon here, who's your six? And I got the privilege to be called by Paula says, you want to be one of my six? Since I got that call, we have times where we come together on Zoom or we go out together or we spend time together and we know that things are safe in that space. Two years ago, my husband and I were struggling in our marriage. It was a rough patch. And I swear that I, at that time, I thought I, we had moved in separate spaces, and I went down to my sisters and I told her, pray for me, because in two weeks after I fast and pray, and had some of my pastor friends, my sisters were in on this, I said, pray, because at the end of two weeks, I'm gonna know whether I'm gonna be in ministry and also if I'm gonna be married. And they prayed. These are my allies. These are my allies. Because God heard their prayers. We are together. We are in couples therapy. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. God is good. He has been so faithful to our marriage. And this verse that says, He will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because Ruth and Naomi were in Moab for over 10 years. And in one full sweep, she comes back and Ruth meets Boaz. Ooh, you think that meeting will make up for that years in, in, in Moab? Heck yeah. Oh yeah. You know, when God restores something to his goodness, he will remove the years that the locust has eaten. Better is one day in your court than a thousand years elsewhere. Thousand. Better than one day in God's presence than a thousand days elsewhere. There is a God who continues to pursue after you. And I'm telling you from experience because I have my testimony. That's only the tip of the iceberg yes. because God has done something for me. Because when I left the church at 18, there was no way I could see myself up here. Yes. But I praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. It is God. It is God who I encountered, who I encountered in 2006. And our lives have never been the same. 
you know, one of our experiences that we don't have children, you know, and that was so devastating to us. We thought, I thought I'm going to get married so I can have children. And if I'm not going to have children, then why am I going to get married? <laughs> Makes sense, right? But God has a funny sense of humor. Can't have children. But he has blessed us with spiritual children. Beyond sometimes like, I hope they don't call. Please, please, please don't call. Just kidding. But when we find our allies in each other, right? There's a saying that, um, there, there's a, a piece that Theodore Roosevelt wrote. And it's called Man in the Arena. And I think about this when I'm thinking about my allies. Who are in your arena? Who are your allies? And he writes, it is not the critic who counts. Don't let those voices out there count. It's not the critic who counts, not the one who points out how the strong man stumbled or how the doer of deeds might have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred with sweat and dust and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again in your, in your allies, who knows the great enthusiasm, the great devotions, the great spence, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who, if he wins, knows the triumphs of high achievements, and who, if he fails, at least fails, while daring greatly so that this place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. He wrote this for someone who is heavily involved in the situation that requires courage and skill and tenacity. We love church, those of you that are here and those of you that might be watching online. The audacity of a comeback requires that you allow God to move those people and those spaces and those situations and you allow to open up your hand and let it go and you allow God to help you find allies and you ask God that those allies will help you persevere back into the house of bread. I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. This song, when I've been, was going through my stuff, I used to blast it on my TV in the living room. And I would just stand there, tears rolling down, and proclaim the goodness of God. Even though I'm going through stuff, God has been faithful. Even though my husband's go, go, going through stuff, God has been faithful. All my life, he's been faithful. When I left at 18 and didn't want to turn around and come back to the church, he was faithful. When we were infertile and going through problems, he is faithful. His goodness is running after, it's running after, it's running after, and it has captured me. So the last verse in this chapter goes, So Naomi returns from Moab accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Yes. Yes. They came back 
right when it was time to reap the harvest. Reap the harvest. Barley harvest happens in April. Planted in October and harvest is spring. The harvest is a sign of new life, a new beginning, a release of the past, but bringing in your allies, a, a, a place where harvest, you know that God's goodness never fails. It goes out in winter and it comes back in spring. God can, God can make room in your life to have the audacity to come back. Whatever you're going through, whether it's challenges in your marriage, whether it's challenges in your financial, there's a way, because there's a God. And so I want, um, I want us to all just stand up, because I want to invite you into this song. And I also want to invite you that if you haven't made room, today's a day. Today is a day to make room in your heart for that situation that you've been in, that person that has been causing great sorrow in your life. You can release it by the grace of God, by community that is able to surround you, the goodness of God. Will you bow your heads with me? And I'm going to say a prayer. And as I say a prayer, our praise and worship team will sing our song. And I'm going to go down too because I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. Father God, today we come before you because there's women here. There's the marginalized. Those that have been oppressed. Those have been not welcome to the table whether it's gender, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's color of our skin, whether it's our mentality, Father God. There are people here, my brothers and sisters, who have been in the land that has made them bitter. I pray, Father God, that whoever is here, that today is a day to give their life, to rededicate, to come back to the house of bread. And I'm just gonna invite you for anyone who's here who wants a special prayer right now because you're in a situation. I just want you to hold up your hand. If you're here, hold up your hand. If you're here and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, there's also too, I know there's a great team here. If anybody wants to get baptized, that's a call too. Come see your leaders because every opportunity should be given for those who want to receive Jesus. Father God, the hands that have, broke, that have gone up, I pray, Lord, whatever it is, whether it's to rededicate their lives to get baptized or to come from that place of Moab back into your house of bread, I pray, Lord, that you will have your way in their lives, that your will will be done, Father God, that the power of the Holy Spirit that never lets us go, that this Spirit holy that never sleeps or never slumber, Father God, will be in the lives working until we all sense the whole goodness of God overwhelming us is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.